Welcome to episode 33 of the Moms That Lead podcast. It's not lost on me that this episode will be coming out on Inauguration Day in the United States, as we talk about leading with courage in a time of division. Although I didn't really plan it that way. Really, we're just continuing on in our series of character traits that leading moms excel in. In case you missed it, for at least the first 10 episodes of this year, we're focusing on character traits of leaders that we think moms rock. And we want to hear from you. Our current list of these character traits are the ability to motivate others, communication, passion and positivity, empathy, courage, self-discipline, and the ability to develop others. Would you agree that those are some traits that moms have a unique advantage with? It's going to be a great series because we'll not just be highlighting stories, but we'll also be gleaning lessons from those stories so that we can all develop as leaders. So here's where we'd love to have you involved. Are there other traits that you'd like to see highlighted? Do you know moms who excel at these that we should highlight? Let us know either by responding to our Instagram stories, or you can also, you can also email me directly at terry at momsthatlead.com. But let's get back to today. We're kicking off our focus on courage today with a short episode in which I want to share three lessons that I've learned this week about how leaders can be courageous in a time of division. But first, let's start with the intro. Hey, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers and that leadership is not about position, but instead, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever, and I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. So let's start with a definition of courage. In the Oxford Handbook, Courage is defined as voluntarily facing personal risk to pursue worthy goals. We as parents have a training ground of pursuing the worthy goal of raising good humans. So this is why we say, as moms and leaders, we may have a little bit of an advantage with the character trait of courage. Now, there are many ways that courage can affect our lives, but today we're going to talk about the courage called for by our current political, social, and cultural climate if we truly want to heal and lessen the divide in our workplaces and communities. And let's get real. If I'm being honest with you, I'd have to say that I would much prefer to act like the divides didn't exist. To go on with day-to-day work and fun without addressing the divides. But that's not what a courageous leader does. And based on recent events and the chatter and just nastiness on social media, 
I think our country needs all of the courageous leaders it can get. So today I want to share a few resources that inspired and convicted me this week. Resources that provide starting points for leading with courage in a time of division, as they speak to practices that we as leaders must avoid and speak out against if we are going to heal our teams, our workplaces, and our communities. Today my examples will mostly be related to our political climate, but really they can be applied in any situation where there is disagreement. So let's get to it. First, courageous leaders must speak with respect and kindness about others, even those with whom they disagree, and they must expect the same from their teams. The fact is that words do matter. Brene Brown does an excellent analysis of our tendency to want to use dehumanizing language when describing those we don't agree with on her January 13th episode of Unlocking Us. I'll link it and all the other resources I mention in the show notes that you can find at momsthatlead.com forward slash podcast forward slash 33. She digs deep into how words matter and shares the impact of dehumanizing others with our labels. As she explains, once we've labeled them, we see people on the other side as morally inferior. And because of that, we no longer have to extend them the same kindness or care for them as we are naturally inclined to do for other human beings. Instead, dehumanizing them gives us permission to focus on punishing and destroying them. Have you seen any of that on Twitter lately? Doing some additional research on this, I stumbled upon Elizabeth Lesser's TED Talk titled Taking the Other to Lunch, in which she talks about otherizing talk that can fester into paranoia and then be used by those on the fringes to incite. The scary thing is this TED Talk was given 10 years ago. This description of this otherizing language struck me because I think dehumanizing or otherizing language is rampant on social media and in op-eds. How many times have you seen the term radical left Dems or conservative racists or scared mask wearers who are just pathetic sheep? I'm guessing you've seen them many times, as I have. But the thing is, it's not just that extreme language that maybe you've kept yourself from using, but it also sneaks its way in way more innocently when we call people we disagree with idiots or laugh at funny names for politicians based on their appearance. Otherizing people who don't agree with us, even just with funny jokes or nicknames, is tempting because it makes us feel like we're part of a group and are superior to others. But there's no room for dehumanizing language as a courageous leader. As a leader, we must know that everyone deserves our respect and has inherent value. Instead of grouping everyone that we think we disagree with and calling them different names, maybe it's time to reach across and get to know them. Second, courageous leaders must be diligent and thoughtful in their stances on different issues. They cannot be lazy and just make decisions solely on the group that supports or does not support the stance. For example, maybe someone says, liberals support ending the death penalty. I don't like liberals, so I'm going to be for the death penalty. Or they might say, conservatives are against abortion, and I'm liberal, so I am pro-choice. They might say this without even looking into the issue or thinking about what their values demand of them on each issue. Justin Gimini of the And Campaign speaks to this from a Christian perspective on the December 9th episode of his podcast, 
the Church Politics Podcast. He speaks about how important it is to avoid having an opposition-centered public witness. This is another episode that I would highly recommend listening to. Courageous leaders cannot be against something just because it is supported by a group that they disagree with for other reasons. We need to do our research and make decisions based on our values. And that might mean going along with the group you consider to be the other. Finally, courageous leaders need to be able to take criticism individually and as a group and admit what they can do better. There's a term that's been used a lot by both sides recently called whataboutism. If you Google it, you'll find that it's the technique or practice of responding to an accusation or difficult question by making a counter-accusation or raising a different issue. It kind of reminds me of my kids fighting. Like if when I confronted my son about not dusting the table well enough, he responded with telling me that my daughter didn't clean the bathrooms well enough. Instead, what a leader should do is take responsibility for what they might be able to do better instead of just talking about what the other side did wrong or what the other side could improve on. So how can we as leaders lead with courage in these areas in a time of division when there's dehumanizing language flying all around, when people tend to cling to their groups and make decisions about different policies just based on what their group thinks, and when people tend to shirk from taking responsibility about things that their group might have done wrong and instead just point to what the other group did wrong. Well, first of all, you can commit as a leader to avoiding these practices yourself. I know since I've listened to these podcasts, I've been very careful about what I watch, even though that late night show might be funny, the language that is used to describe some of our leaders on that may not engender respect for anyone. Speaking of that, the second tip is just to watch what you're consuming. In addition to what I was just talking about, about articles, shows, podcasts that use dehumanizing language, also be on alert for those that start with fear and use these tactics. And finally, No matter how hard it is, and believe me, I'm one of the most conflict-avoidant people out there, don't stop talking to people who you think are on the other side. Ask questions to better understand different viewpoints. In that same TED Talk I was talking about earlier, Elizabeth Lesser offers some strategies that you can use if you do, in fact, take someone from the other side to lunch. She talks about setting ground rules at the beginning to make sure you're both on the same page about keeping things conversational and kind, but also use these three questions to help get the conversation flowing and to learn about each other. Ask the other person to share some of their life experiences. Ask the other person what issues deeply concern them. And finally, a last question that she suggests is ask the other person What have you always wanted to ask someone from the other side? She talks about how she did this with someone with whom she disagreed and how they left that lunch knowing a great deal more about each other and about the positions that they each held. And it's really hard to hate someone that you feel that you know. The fact is, change always starts with courageous leaders. And whether you live in the United States or in another country— I would say that we all need a little bit of change right now. 
So let's together commit to respecting others, to avoiding dehumanizing language, to getting to know people on the other side, and to make sure that we research all of our stances on different issues and make sure that they align with our values and are not just the opposite of what the person in that other group stands for. I wish you a good week of being a courageous leader. And until next time, lead with love. 